Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. We're excited about what God is doing in your lives. I'd like to welcome all of you to the Rhodes. Thank you for coming. My name is Chad. For those of you who haven't had the pleasure of meeting yet, I'd like to welcome all of you watching online. Thanks for joining us. It's great to be with you today. What a great opportunity this Christmas season to take advantage of some things that are going on. They're usually unique to this time of year. And one of those things, one of those things, I usually just talk over it and nobody pays attention, but I notice it, so i got to call it out that I'm in the middle of puberty. So please pray. All of you watching online, welcome to my teenage years. But anyway, I just want to take an opportunity to invite someone. I encourage you this week. This may be every day through social media, through a text, through whatever it may be, I'd encourage you to invite one person to church this Sunday every day. Whether it's a family member or a friend or a co-worker, just send out a text, just to invite them. Maybe you say something to them because this Christmas season, a lot of people will come to church that maybe not normally would come to church and you say, well, that's just Christmas and Easter. I believe in taking advantage of the opportunity to connect people with Jesus from all roads of life. So no matter whether they're coming just because it's a holiday or not, my God doesn't care. He loves them and wants to connect with them. And you never know that this one Christmas service could be the one that makes the difference in their life. That they may come in naively thinking, whatever, I'm just going to come and slip in and slip out. But bam, they run into God and he drastically changes their life. So I encourage you being be an inviter this week. Encourage someone to come with you. We're in our series called The Gift That Keeps On Giving. So if you get your Bibles out, your sermon notes out of your worship guide there, if you'd like to do that, or you, the YouVersion Bible app, you can follow along on there as well. Let's open up our Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 7. Woo! Matthew 7. We're just excited about the Bible, excited about what Jesus is saying to us, super excited about the baptisms, eight people getting baptized today. So we're just pumped. Come on, let's give God some praise this morning. Let's be a praising people. Fantastic. And so grateful for new life and what God's doing in people all over the region. Glad to be a part of it. This time of year, we always think about, you know, giving and receiving gifts. And I want to, you know, how many knows this about giving gifts? What's the most important part about the gift giving process? Is it Giving a gift to someone based on what you want them to have or based on what they want. You know, how many has ever got a gift from someone and your first thought was, wow, they thought they wanted this more than I wanted this. It's like, I really didn't ask for this. Evidently, they wanted me to have it because I really didn't like it. You know, you're thinking about, did they give me the receipt so I can return this as quick as possible? You know, it, the gift-giving process, it's supposed to be about the receiver and not about the giver. A true good gifter thinks about what they want, what's going to benefit them, and not about just what's on sale. You should be thankful for anything I buy you. Wow, you're a great gifter, you know. <laughs> you, you want to be somebody that's thinking about what do they want and, and uh, what, what you'd like to have. So, the thing that helps people know what you want is you turn in a list, right? How many ever give a list to your parents. Maybe you're still 35, 40 years old. You give a list to your parents. I'm just telling you, that's a win. It's a win. Don't let them think on their own. Tell them what to buy you. It'll help you a lot. It'll save you some issues 
just put some lists down. But no, all, all joking aside, it's important if you're going to, uh, people's going to know what to give you. It helps having it. I like having a list. I have like, I like when my wife says, hey, here are the things that I'd like. I'm like, sweet, boom, I'll get those things and not mess up. <laughs> yeah, I'm all for creativity and I'm all for surprises, but I'm also for happiness. <laughs> and it's a win when she says, hey, I'd really like that. Because when she opens up, bam, there it is. I'm like, yes, no failure. So how many of you, in lieu of that, how many of you are asking God for something for Christmas? Do you have a list that you're asking God for something? Is that legal? Is that okay? You're like, is that okay for me to even ask God for things? Can I really give God a list of things I would like? Does it matter if I ask for God? Does it really make a difference? Because after all, doesn't he just give me what he wants me to have? I really don't have any say-so in it. So does it, is it really significant that I ask God or should, should I just take whatever he gives me and be thankful? Should I just be glad for whatever he wants to give me and not ask him for anything? Well, today we're going to talk about that very thing. What is our responsibility? What is our part to play in receiving everything that God wants to give us? Every gift. How many knows God is a better giver than Santa Claus? He's better. He's better. So now we've got to realize that if I, if, I, if I know God wants to give me good things, then should I be involved in the process? Should I ask him for anything? So what does the Bible say about that? Can I preface the message with this statement? I want us to build, we're going to talk about asking God for things in prayer. I want you, I'm going to challenge you to build your theology about prayer based on what the Bible says, not based on what you experience. It's very important in our walk with Jesus that we build our theology. Theology is just a fancy word for how we believe, how we believe God. So we've got to build it based on what the Bible says, not based on what someone else experienced. Build your theology on asking God for things in prayer based on what the Bible says, not what other people tell you it says. Don't go by what I, I hope you have your Bibles, because I don't want you to trust me a bit. That may sound a little drastic, but I don't want you to trust me. I want you to see what the Bible says. We're going to break it open today in Matthew chapter 7. It's where we're going to start. I'm going to start in verse 7. Are you ready? We're going to break it down today because should I ask God for anything? Should I ask him? Verse 7, ask. <laughs> what an answer to our question. <laughs> ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. Or what man is there among you who if his son asks for bread, would give him a stone? I like this rhetorical question from Jesus. Jesus is talking, it's in the red. So Jesus is telling this story. He's preaching this message. And he gives this analogy or this comparison to them. And, and he says, which of you... If your son or your daughter or your child asks for bread, that you would give them a rock. You wouldn't do that. They're asking for bread. He says, look at the next one. If he asks for a fish, would you give him a serpent? How many, how many parents, if their child asked for something to eat, would give them a snake? Don't raise your hand if that's you. We're just saying, 
who would do that? That's what Jesus, it's a rhetorical question. He's not really asking the people. He's just using a, a compare, an analogy, analogy there about someone asked for something to eat, something that's going to benefit, you, benefit them, and you give them a stone, a rock, or they ask for fish, and you give them a snake. He said, that's crazy. And look at verse 11. I love how Jesus is so sweet and so kind. He says, if you then being evil... How many knows that's not great when Jesus calls you evil? <laughs> if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. The word evil there doesn't mean you're a devil worshiper. What he's saying, the word evil there means that you're just, you have flaws. You've got problems. You've got morality. You've got humanity. You've got issues. Look at your neighbor and say, you've got issues. You've got issues. You've got issues. <laughs> I didn't say tell them what their issues are. I just said tell them you have issues. Some people really enjoying this bonding time. Dude, you got issues. I've been trying to tell you. Number one, you got this. No, just look back and let's refocus. We got issues. So he's saying, Jesus, is, if he's telling us, he's saying, if you... And all of your issues, all of your junk, all your flaws, all your failures, in all of your humanity, you even know how to give good gifts to your children. If you're even that good with all of your problems, says, how much more? Everybody say, much more. How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things? To those who ask him. If you think being evil know how to give good things to your children, how much more, good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who's in heaven give good things to those who ask him? How many knows with and agree with me this morning? God wants to give you good things. He has good things to offer. God wants to give you good things. He's a good father. Whether your experience is you've experienced nothing but good things in your life, because I would say, just like anyone else, I'd be the first to say, I have not experienced nothing but good things. I've experienced bad things in my life. So if good things come from my father and I've experienced things in my life that weren't good, then what's up with that? If God's so good all the time, how come I'm walking through blank? Not blank like I'm going to say a bad word. Blank as in you fill in the blanks. You've know, you got to make sure people are with you. Like, did he say? I'm just saying. If, if, I'm, if, I, if I'm supposed to, just let it run around the track, Chad. Just let it run around. Just let it go. Refocus. Okay, I'm with you. So now, if God always wants to give me good things, then how am I experiencing this? How am I walking through that? And what can I do about it? What what does God have to say about it? Because the Bible says in James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. God wants to give you good gifts. And he's saying if you, parents, if you have children, grandmas, grandpas, aunts and uncles, if you being evil or being moral or all of our issues, if we know how to give good things to our children, how much more? Does our heavenly Father want to give good things to those who ask? Should we ask God for good things? Only if we want them. 
I'm just reading out of the Bible. I'm just reading out of the Bible. Because what does God have to give you? He's got nothing but good things. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. So if I ask God, whatever I'm going to get from God is going to be so I can trust him when I'm asking for something that it's going to be it's going to be good. I may not think it's good in the moment. It may not feel good in the moment, but if I will ask it from him and he gives it to me, if I realize that he is my source, then whatever he gives me is going to be good. All right, so let's navigate this because I don't know if you're like me. I'm coming to you today from a place of, I want to be make sure, I want to put, make sure I'm in the right place with this. Very a humble place that I'm someone, I'm an example of someone who has asked for many things and not received them. I've asked for things in prayer and not gotten them. I've asked God for this or that and I've not seen the results that I wanted to see. Has anybody else with me or am I alone? And so what do we do with that? How do we navigate this? Because the Bible says ask and it will be given to you. So let's look at it. It's okay. Three forms of receiving the things which we need from God. We find them in verse 7. Three ways of receiving the things from God. I'm going to try and do my best to get through these. We may only get through one of them. But the three things that are in that verse are ask, seek, and knock. Ask, seek, and knock. Now the Greek uh, breakdown of the grammar in this verse, and I'm not saying this to try and appear smart, I'm just saying it because I, help th- I think it helps us understand. When it says, ask, and it will be given to you, seek, and you will find, and knock, and the door will be open. The words, the verbs, ask, seek, and knock, are in the Greek imperative tense, which just means continual present tense. In other words, keep on, the amplified version says, keep on asking. So it's not ask one time, and I'm done. He says, keep on asking. Keep on asking. So it's present imperative tense, asking. So is it okay to ask? Is it okay to ask from God? In your sermon notes, I'll give you a bunch of verses. I'm not going to read all of them, but I want to build the stage. So can I build some momentum? I'm going to push the snowball down the hill. Are you with me? Here's the first verse. Psalms 2.8 says, ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. Is it okay to ask? Biblical support. God says out of his own mouth, ask of me and I will give you the nations. If we understand that to be true, that if we don't ask of him, will he give us the nations? Not because he doesn't want to. He said, if you ask me, I will give you. If you don't ask me, do you understand? Is it okay to ask? He's telling us to ask. Matthew 18, 19. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Matthew 21, 22. Whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. John 14, 13. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Just read the Bible. We're building our theology based on what the Bible says, not on what we've experienced. We're building our theology based on what the Bible says, not what other people say. So let's, again, just keeping that in the forefront of our thinking. John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it will be done for you. John 15, 16, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Now, we've got a couple more, but this is talking about asking, asking, asking my name. We have a core value here at the church. 
One of our core values is we pull on the leash. We take big risks and we have big faith because we serve a big God, right? So this is what I want us to understand. Asking is pulling on the leash and saying, God, I believe what you say. And he says, ask anything in my name, believing and I will do it. Ask anything in my name and I will do it. Ask anything, ask in my name. What is he saying? Asking in Jesus' name, just make sure we're clear on this. Asking in Jesus' name is not stamping in Jesus' name at the end of your prayer. And I know we say in Jesus' name. I say it all the time when I pray. Hey, in Jesus' name, amen. So it's not, okay, ask anything in Jesus' name. That means I just ask what I want, and then I just say in Jesus' name, and it's straight cash, homie. That's not, that's not what it means. That's not the understanding of the Bible. In my name, asking in my name is asking according to his word. Because in the Bible in Revelation, it says the name of Jesus, when he returns, his name's going to be written on his thigh, and one of the names is the Word of God. Jesus' name is the Word of God. So when we ask in Jesus' name, we're asking in his Word. Ask anything in my Word, believing, and you shall have it. So it's not asking Jesus my Christmas list of my wishes. It's asking him what he has promised. It's being willing to ask. So let's, let's look at that. What does the word ask mean? We could say ask and we could have our own definition of it, but let me give you what it means there literally in the Greek text of the Bible. It means to ask with urgency, to crave, to desire, or require. Check it out. When he says ask and it will be given to you, here's what he's saying. I want you to ask with urgency. I want you to crave it. I want you to desire it. And I want you to require it. You're like, hold up, Chad, require? Are you like telling me to boss God around? Like, God, you give me, I require it right now in Jesus' name. (laughs) The word require there doesn't mean that you're demanding God to do something he doesn't want to do. The word require means to claim or ask for something by right and authority, to demand as necessary or essential. Now check this out. I want to teach this because it's so important. I want to get into preaching mode, but if I don't teach it, then the preaching won't make any sense. To claim or ask by right and authority. This is not an outward demand of God of what is essential and what is necessary. This is an inward decision, an inward demand where I say in my heart, in myself, this, what you've said, God, this is essential and necessary in my life. I require what you said. I'm not requiring you to give me what I want. I'm requiring what you said. I need it in my life. It is essential for me. That's the way you ask for something from God, not, hey, you know what, I'd like to have this in Jesus' name. No, it's me saying, finding the promise of God, and then I make the decision. I say, God, what you've promised, it is essential to me. It is necessary to me. I require what you said in my life. That's asking. That's how we ask when we decide that I need what God says more than anything else. I need what God says about me. I need to feel, I need to feel what God tells me to feel right now above anything else. I need to think what God tells me to think above anything else. I require your thoughts. 
I require your emotions right now, Father. I require the fruit of the Spirit. I ask for the fruit of the Spirit. Why? Because I need it. Because I'm going to kill them right now if I don't get some patience in my life. Amen, somebody said. So this is what he's talking about. When you ask, it's claiming or asking for by right or authority what is essential to you. Now the word describes a person making a requisition or making a request to someone in higher authority. So when you ask, and it will be given to you, the the sense of the verb is that you're asking for someone in authority over you because we need to understand this. I cannot claim, I cannot claim something as my own. I can't require something as my own that has not been provided by someone in authority. Let me say it again. I want you to jot this down if you're taking notes. I cannot claim by right something that has not been made available by someone in authority. This is what asking in prayer is about. I can't say I want X if X has not been provided by the one in authority. I can't claim something by my right if the one in authority has not provided it for me. This gets us out of the name it, claim it, grab it, grab it, whatever mentality of what we want. Prayer is not, it's hard for me to blab it, grab it because I can't spit the words out of my mouth. We can't just grab, here's what I want, give it to me, God. Give it to me in Jesus' name. No, but when someone has provided an authority, now I can claim it by right. It's my right. If you sign a contract with your insurance company, that if your windshield gets damaged, that if you pay your deductible, they will pay for the rest of it. Or maybe you get free with that. Or maybe, let's say around here, you hit a deer. <laughs> Never hit a deer in my life, and I've hit two in the last year. Not only that, but after, right after I switched insurance companies. God bless. So it's like, no, I'm good. Never. Never had a claim, never once. Hit a deer. Hit two, hit two. So because I've got a written agreement and we've signed it, there's a contract that if I will pay my deductible and I take it to the repair place, then the insurance company will pay anything above my deductible. So I have a right to claim them to pay for that because we, someone in authority through the contract has said we will pay for it. The same way, God has provided some things in this contract. This is our contract with heaven. He's provided a contract to you, and we can claim whatever's been provided in this contract. It's not me telling God what to do. It's me receiving what he's already promised to do. And this is a big difference. So now ask. He says ask, and it will be given. Ask is when someone has, someone, has something to give you. How many heard this phrase? Well, it doesn't hurt to ask. You never know until you ask. There's some things you won't experience in life, experience in life, unless you ask. Use this. My kids, I have a lot of things that I would gladly give them if they would ask for it. But I may not be thinking about the particular thing that they want at that time until they ask. And once they come up and ask, I'm like, Sure. But if they wouldn't have asked, they wouldn't have gotten it. 
even though it was available. And even though I was thrilled to do it for them. They're like, yeah. You know, they come up and, Dad, um, is there any way that I could have that? Sure, go right ahead. There's a bunch of other things you can have too. Which one have you determined in this moment is essential to you? I've got a lot of things I'd love to give them, a lot of things they can have. They have access to a lot of things, but it doesn't mean I'm thinking about all those things. And I believe this is the way my father is in heaven. My father's like, Dad, I got a bunch of stuff I want to give you. Which one's essential to you right now? I'm like, well, the problem is we get, we get brought up in this religion. We get brought up in this false humility. And we get these kind of thoughts. We get these kind of teaching. Well, I'm not sure what that was. I just did something there. <laughs> just flow with me. Flow with me. We just say, <laughs> oh, help me, Lord. So we get, we get in this mindset. I don't need anything from God. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. All I need is just the breath in my lungs is all I need from God. Just God's grace is sufficient for me. Sounds so holy, doesn't it? But the Bible says, ask of me and I will give to you. If my kids would come up to me and say, Dad, I don't want anything. I don't need anything. Okay. Your call. Save me some money. <laughs> but no, seriously, I mean, they, but if they would ask, what happens? I mean, your parents help me, feel me. You know what this is like when they come up. And remember, the Greek imperative is keep on asking. How many of you have had your kid ask for something and your first answer was, eh, not sure? But they kept asking. And they kept asking. They kept asking. And kept asking. And kept asking. And after a while, you start to evaluate. How important is this situation to me? Is this life or death? Is this anti-biblical? What is it? And even if in the, even in the moment, if you thought, I really don't want to do it, if they keep asking and there's nothing morally wrong with it, there's nothing bad about it, just their incessance, you're finally like, okay, yes, we'll do it. Well, the Bible says in Luke chapter 18, I believe it is, that Jesus taught when the widow came asking for justice, that that's how she, he was teaching on prayer. And she said, I want justice. I want justice. And, the, and, the, and Jesus made the comparison. He said, the unjust judge, evil judge, same as what we're talking about in Matthew, the unjust judge will do for her. How much more will your heavenly father speedily answer your requests? See, we've got to ask. And I believe God just asked me to come to church today to encourage some people to start asking again because you, you fell into this pot of, well, I haven't seen anything, so I'll just stop asking. I haven't seen breakthroughs, so I'm just going to stop asking. And I'll teach him. There, God. I just won't ask. He's like, your call. Like it was a standoff with God. Oh, yeah, you're not going to do what I want you to do? Then I just won't ask. <laughs> it's not going to help us. It's not going to help us. He's saying, listen, I want you to stir up your asking again. Start asking again. Stir up your faith again. I've got many things I want to do for you. I've got a bunch of good gifts I want to give you, but you just got to ask me. 
This is what he wants to do in our lives. But look what the next verse says. So ask and it will be given to you. Ask and it will be given to you. It will be given to you. What will be given to you? It will. What's it? What you ask for. The thing that you considered essential and important right then according to his promise, you ask it, it will be given to you. Look at verse 8. For everyone who asks receives. Now let's just be honest. Most of the time we don't believe that verse. Can we be real in church or we just want to pretend? Everyone who asks, receive. You don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you at certain points in your life don't believe that's true? Everyone who asks, receives. I'll be bold. There's times I don't believe that. Why? Because I've asked for things and not received them. So I'm asking God, and that's the purpose of this message because I'm trying to grow and trying to be closer to God, trying to learn more about God. That I said, God, why am I not seeing breakthrough in these different areas? And he said, well, you can either defend the way you ask and receive or you can adjust the way you ask and receive. How about I adjust? <laughs> so he says, here's what I want you to do. That word receive, everyone who asks receives. That word receives is a Greek word, lambano, means to take or to get hold of, to grab something, to seize it, or to possess it. So everyone who asks, receive. It doesn't mean everyone who makes a request gets what they want. That's not what that verse means. It doesn't mean everyone who makes a request gets what they want. It says everyone who asks, everyone who has determined the thing that is essential to them, everyone who has determined the promise of God that is essential to them, they've picked out, they said, God, I need this in my life. I require this in my life. Every person who said, God, what you say in your word, I require it. Everyone who says that receives it, lambanos it, grabs it, possesses it and says, that's mine. That is a true statement in the Bible. Everyone who asks this way receives this way. If I think that verse says everyone who asks gets what they want, then I'm going to be frustrated in my prayer life. I'm going to be so frustrated, I'm going to stop praying. And I'm going to grab and embrace the theology that says, well, God's in ultimate control. And whatever he wants to give me, he'll give me. Whatever he doesn't want me to have just won't happen. And that theology is very convenient, but it's not biblical. Because God says, I want you to ask. Ask. If my asking doesn't make a difference, then why does he tell me to ask? If God's going to do only what he wants to do all the time, then how come he asks me to participate in the conversation? Why doesn't he just ultimately do it? And why is he asking me to ask for certain things? says, I want you to grab hold of what is essential to you. In other words, I've got all this stuff available, what you want. I could say to my kids, what you want. And they could say one of two responses. They said, well, Father, I really have no needs but thee. <laughs> said no kid ever. <laughs> right? But we can do it. I've done it in the past. I've walked in that mess of false humility. I still struggle and deal with walking out that issue of what's been ingrained to in me for false humility. Still, where I think the humble thing is to say, no, thank you. I really don't need it. And I see someone else who has no qualms. And they just have the 
the guts to ask, and they get it. You ever been with someone, and you're like, you wondered if you could go into an area, and you're like, man, I wonder if I could go back there. Looks pretty cool. Like access into a different area. You're like, yeah, probably not. Probably couldn't. And somebody walk up going, hey, can I go in there? Sure, come on back. Oh, man, I wish I could go. I could. I didn't ask. I didn't ask. I told you that's one of the greatest revelations in my life that I realized that I could ask for chocolate ice cream on my blizzard. I didn't know I could ask for that. I was always thinking, man, I sure like chocolate ice cream better, but I'll just take vanilla. My cookie dough blizzard. And then I'm standing in line waiting for my blizzard. This other guy comes up and says, hey, I like a cookie dough blizzard and chocolate ice cream. I was like, can you do that? He's like, dude, yeah. I'm like, for real? Yeah. I said, excuse me. Could I have chocolate ice cream, please? The feeling. And we joke about that, something funny. But I'm telling you, I'm the same way spiritually. When I had the understanding that I could go to my father and I could say, Father, I want to have the joy of the Lord. Even when I'm going through poo. You can have that? Yeah. God, I, I want your love in my life so that I can release forgiveness when someone has released hatred towards me. Wait a minute, you can have that? Yeah. Yeah, we have access, but we have to ask. We have to determine in that moment what is essential and necessary, what we require. He says, everyone who asks, it will be given to you. But ask in a way that you receive it. You grab hold of it. You lambano it. You say, that's mine. This is mine. This is mine. God, this is God's, this is your promise to me. I don't see it yet, but I lambano it now. I grab hold of it now. I'm not experiencing it yet, but I'm grabbing hold of it now. Everyone who asks receives. Everyone who asks receives. So quickly in closing, what can hinder us from receiving? James 1.5 says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach. If you need wisdom today, he may need to know the answers to something, he need to figure out something, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally. If God knows that you need wisdom, how come you have to ask him for wisdom? He says, if any of you need wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally without reproach. But the Bible says, Chad, that God knows what I need of before I ask him. Absolutely it does. God does know what I need of before I ask, but it doesn't mean he doesn't want me to ask. I know what my kids need of sometimes before they ask, but I still want them to ask. I know they need a fork. Sitting there trying to, what am I going to do now? I'm just going to eat with my hands. I know they need a fork. I'm just waiting. I know they need a fork. Just ask me. I'll be glad to get you a fork. And they can sit there and go, I sure wish I had a fork. How am I going to eat this luscious food? Father, could I have a fork, please? Yes! I'd be more than happy to. I knew you had need of it, but I wanted you to ask. I wanted you to see me as your source. 
Your Father in heaven says, ask me. I know you got enough money that you could pay for it on your own, but would you ask me about it? I know you can do whatever you want, but would you ask me? Just involve me because I am your source. I want to have a relationship with you. I, I just want to let you know that yes, you can have it, but be aware. I want to tell you what's up. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally without reproach. It will be given to him, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. Let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, a double-minded woman, unstable in all their ways. What could hinder me from receiving what God wants me to give me? One thing he says here, ask in faith with no doubting. Now when it says no doubting, doesn't mean you don't have doubting thoughts. I have doubting thoughts all the time. Can I rest you at ease that I have doubting thoughts all the time? I don't want to come across like I never struggle in these I struggle in these areas just like anybody else. I'm like, I'm praying, I'm believing God, but then I have these thoughts. But the word no doubting, that word doubting means literally to withdraw from and not view as the truth anymore. So he's saying you're double-minded. It means you vacillate between two opinions. You've withdrawn from this and it's not the truth anymore. It's not that I had doubting thoughts. I literally have withdrawn from it and I don't believe it's true anymore. And he says, the person who prays like that and asks that way with no doubting, you've received or withdrawn from the truth and you said, I don't even believe that that's true. And you've grabbed hold of something because notice what it says, let not that person think they will receive anything from God. That's lambano. That means to grab hold of. Here's the thing. I'm going to close with this. i got to bring it home with this. I can't receive anything from God that doesn't mean God doesn't want to give it to me. When, it, when we read that in English, it says, let not that person think that they will receive anything from God. They can read anything. Well, God's mad because you doubt it. And because you doubt it, I'm not going to give it to you. That's not what it means. Here's what it means. I can't grab or possess. Remember, everyone who asks receives. Lombanos. If I withdraw from that and think that's not the truth anymore, then I won't grab it, lombano it, receive it as the truth. I will let go of it and I will grab something else and it will become my truth. And I can't receive from God, lombano and grab hold of that because I've grabbed hold of this. I can't grab hold of God's courage in my life because I've grabbed hold of fear. I can't grab hold of the love of God because I've grabbed hold of bitterness. Let not that person believe that they can grab hold of the things of God. Not because God's mad or you asked the wrong way. You said the wrong words. You know, sometimes we think that God has magic words in prayer. Like, pretty please. Like someone you wants to ask something and you say, well, the magic words. Please. What's that? Excuse me? Please say the magic words. God doesn't have magic words. God's not moved by my magic words in my prayer. He's moved by my heart. So I'm unstable. I'm double-minded. So here's what I want to leave you with this. God wants to stir up your asking again. Have the courage to pray bold prayers. You're like, but Chad, I did that. And I got disappointed. It didn't work. I didn't receive I didn't get it so I'm out I'm done praying like that I'm done asking 
because the thing I wanted the most, I didn't get. I did everything I thought I was supposed to do. I did it the right way, I thought, but it didn't work. So now what? I'm with you. I wish I had, well, here's the answer because I still deal with that in my life. When I pray and I do everything I know to do, I pray the right way, I pray, I think I say the right things, I, I think I've done, I followed the rules, and I think I've done everything, and it still doesn't work the way I thought. He says, Chad, don't stop receiving my promise just because you haven't seen the results. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.